0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to episode 39 of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For today's episode, the guest is John O'Connor, CEO of Collect. John, you're very welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Green, for having me on. Good
0: to to have you on. As usual, with all guests, we go back to the beginning. Through my research, I found that you grew up in Kerry, but you currently live in Waterford. Am I correct? Yeah, correct. Tremor. Tremor. Okay. Starting with Kerry, have you got any favorite memories from your childhood of growing up there?
1: Uh, yeah, just uh, seven, seven, seven children in the family. So seven brothers and sisters. So just busy. Older brothers playing loads of football. We're living in the country, so lots of cycling, football, just regular, f- happy memories. Like, but I do remember be looking up to the older brothers. So they're probably my inspiration when I was younger.
0: You s- you say football? Have you got a favorite team?
1: Uh, QPR. Because, my sister lived there. She lived right in Queens Park. So I went to match when I was like young, and hence the team. <laughs> I was it. then. I stuck. I stuck with them all through my teens. So that's my team. I sort of secretly follow Man mate as well.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. You follow one team so you can see them win, and another team because they're your real <laughs> team. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Look, be- before we move on from your early days, a question I'd like to ask all my guests is: Who do you think had the biggest impact on you growing up?
1: Yeah, probably my father. Yeah, he was a professional, he was a vet, a veterinarian, but he was pretty entrepreneurial as best you can when you have that profession. But he would have, he got, he would have got into, he would have different practices in Ireland and the UK and he specialized and he also used, there was medications for dogs that he got into that as well. So I, mainly what I looked up to was his work ethic and his ability mm-hmm. to innovate in that industry as such, try different things. Some of them didn't work, some of them did. So yeah, definitely my father.
0: Fair. Uh, that kind of partially answers one of my future questions. So I'll skip to that. And it's, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? And the que- reason I'm asking that question is because I can see a uh, founder of Collect, Big Bin as well. Uh, they're not your first ventures. You've had others. I saw Subway on your profile. So that led me to the question of, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs?
1: Uh yeah, like from like my my uh, grandparents would have been like, but my father, I suppose he was a vet and he tried different things and he would have both, my brothers are entrepreneurial. Yeah, so I suppose I do come from a family and it's been in me, like I was in business, literally I'm in business. Like I was, when I was in college, I was running nightclubs. Prior to that, I was managing bands, like car washes, selling Christmas trees, you name it. I just, I always looked at something and I was thinking I could do it better. That's probably, or I could do a better job than someone else. So I've been entrepreneurial myself as well since, it was, it was probably the only thing I, I felt I was comfortable at and relatively good at.
0: Where does the drive come from? Because that's a lot of different ventures that you've done throughout the years. Like, whatever wherever
1: I am in life, I look around. Especially when I was younger, I'd look around and I'd, i might see a business. Like the drive was like, I can do this better, or wouldn't? What about if we tried this? And um, like, you know, when I was that, when I was young, it was like I was into music, so I, I, I managed bands, and then I got that. Business bit old and I start going out I was going to nightclubs and I was like I could get better DJs and do a bit better and a lot of my business just came from where I was at that time in my life and being in a being in a situation where I think yeah okay look I'd like to have a go at this so yeah it was just that's the way I, I, I like my head I think the most entrepreneurs we got this restlessness and <laughs> uh, my head just created like I can just all day I'd just be spotting different opportunities like or thinking I could oh isn't that a good idea or reading about stuff so yeah I just, just try different things.
0: Okay. Through my research, what I know about you is that you've got a young child. You're a fellow member of the Magnate group. You've either been camping or you enjoy camping and also running. I don't know if you've run a marathon, but I think you potentially have run a marathon. So I'm curious to know what's one thing that you're into or curious about that not a lot of people know about you.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty open book, but I suppose I like, like you said there, I love running. I love and I, I love that that giving myself that space to go. I go at any time. It could be six in the morning. It could be one o'clock at night. Whenever I get a chance, and I probably do my best thinking on runs. I love listening to hip hop. I love sneakers. I love yeah. I just love I love being around people so i yeah I, 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 the main thing for me is outside my family and work is running it's just one of those things and it's isn't it mad when you're younger i used to look at people running and i go jesus what are they getting from that and uh, then i started doing it's like anything that happens with me in life i start doing something and then it's like it changed my mind was changed and i just really it's it's there like i have to get a run in to clear my head or to start thinking yeah it's, it's a great pastime isn't it and it's it's uh it gives you that buzz Right, well, you
0: enjoy, you'll enjoy this one. You say you, you were confused looking at people when you were younger who were running. I went to secondary school in uh, County Meath and the school wasn't built at the time. So we had to temporarily go to Race Racecourse where the Grand National was held for the first two years. So like English class was in a bar, Irish class was in like one of the <laughs> private rooms. But PE was, uh, for a warm up for PE, to run a lap of the racetrack. And if you came in in over 20 minutes, you had to go back and do a second lap. So that's what got me into running. (laughs) Yeah, when it's a chore, when someone
1: makes you do it, it's never as good, is it?
0: had this, I think he was a principal at the time, Mr. Hare. He used to follow us around and let us off for five minutes and then slowly drive his car around. And if his car overtook you as well, you had to go back to the start. I don't know if that's allowed these days, but it's certainly one of my favorite memories. Look, you've had a solid year of growth last year. I won't mention any of the figures, but the question is I've got a, this thing called a cookbook, which is a list of daily, weekly, monthly activities that i got to do to keep revenue coming into the door or your pipeline healthy. How do you continue to acquire new customers and grow?
1: Yeah, so we be, we're always digital first. So, like, we've got two different types of businesses. So, I'll just briefly uh, collect, we make Please. it simple for people to book a waste service online. And the customers we go after is a uh, b2c and b2b so obviously that's two different types of two different types of marketing strategies but like what for for underneath everything with us is myself as a a founder is obsessed about customer service always have i literally i look i believe you do a good job for people they'll they'll keep coming back so i would have brought that throughout all my businesses and the waste industry itself is probably one of the last industries to be disrupted and uh, now I've been in, I've, I have a traditional waste business, so I understand it from that perspective. At least I had one. And it's like there's a, bit, there's a huge opportunity for us when we launch Collects to just make it simple for people to book a waste service online. So you're there, you've got a platform. It's probably pretty, in every other industry, it's pretty it's pretty uh, intuitive, like the people go online. But within the waste industry, it's very complicated. It's like people, multiple numbers prices aren't clear they don't know where the waste is going so what we do is like we try to put ourselves in front of for b2c customers we we are where they are which is on facebook instagram twitter we'd be very much focused on obviously google would be our first point of reference because it's intense and then we'd be trying to build a brand and awareness on facebook we find facebook very good and instagram and and then when someone the pipeline with us is when someone comes in, like they come into our, our, our funnel as such, we allow them either book online, but we also allow them book through text. We allow them book uh, through the phones. We answer obviously straight away seven days a week. We go to 11 o'clock every night. We have a one minute response race on SMS oh. or anything like that. So what we mean, what I'm trying to say there is, is a customer think they're booking a waste service. Next thing, a waste company is usually close at five o'clock, but we don't like we, do, we go seven days a week and we're always there for our customers. And that in itself becomes... When people use us then and we do final fulfillments, they get more than they expected when, they, when they're when they booking away service. And obviously, word them out, you can't beat them after. then referring us to neighbor. Yeah, like our digital is probably for the B2C. And then our B2B is we'd have, we'd have BDMs and we'd also use LinkedIn. Uh, that's pretty much it. So we'd have people on the ground. It's our different pipeline. But again, we get a lot of referrals.
0: Okay, nice. I, I like that. Have you got a favorite aspect of being an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, like there's so much. Having an idea and then executing on it. And as I said, like customers, having customers then really what you're doing and being wowed really by the service you provide. That's really nice. I'm interested in scaling companies really quick. And obviously we've grown, like we've grown pretty quick. Relatively yeah, quick, like, but I wouldn't like to do that and then be leaving customers down. It's just not, I wouldn't enjoy that. Like, you can see online with our five-star reviews, like, we're, we're the best rate of waste uh, company in Ireland, UK. But that's because, that's because, like, we do a good job. And, and when we let people down, we learn from it. Because, like, obviously, we'd have thousands of collections that we outsource to third parties. And, and there, we have to deal with them letting us down. And then we have to get back to the customer. So there's a lot of moving parts. But I really enjoy that part that we've now perfect this working with third parties and giving the customer a good experience. And yeah, like that's that, I like that challenge. And, and I really like as a person, I just want to make people like, not people please, but I want people to have a good experience with us. And when we let them down, I want to be able to fix this and hopefully they respect the way that we fit, corrected the, the mistake and we'll come back and use this again.
0: What I'm hearing from you is that customers are uh, one of the most important elements of your business.
1: Yeah, key part for a customer, in my experience, is, is being responsive. Customers yeah. are All customers are really good. Like 99% of people are really good. And once you are available, when something goes wrong and you answer straight away in whatever format they come in, and you have a solution in place within a couple of minutes for them, it's, they're always fine. Where, customer, where you lose customers' trust, I find, in our industry is if you leave them down a second time. So it's really critical that everyone understands that the truck broke down or that your partner was having that someone didn't turn up for work. So it's either getting ahead of us or before when they come in that you were responsive. So that's why we go to 11 p.m. and we have customer service in, 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 in place and we have we call it a hot potato internally when, when, when something goes wrong because everything like something always goes wrong. But we deal with it like it's a major issue for us when that happens and we have processes in place and sweepers in place in most cities that we operate in. A sweeper is uh, someone to come in behind them to fix this.
0: Okay, I know that you're, you're, you're not just big in Ireland you must have a decent sized team then
1: Yeah, like we we think we're still relative. We're just getting going. So we're going just over five years. We have, we're up to about 50 staff and we're just getting going in the UK. We're in Manchester. So we're really learning about the market there. It's a bit different. It's obviously different than Ireland. And we work like, we don't go into countries. We work at a city by city approach. So like each city is different. And yeah, you're learning all the time, but we have, we're very ambitious and we feel where we feel we're just getting we're getting the traction now and we're getting to understand the UK market so a big focus for us is there's 75 cities in the UK that we'd be interested in sorry between Ireland and the UK that we think have our addressable market in us so yeah it's it's, is there uh, a
0: reason why you go city by city is it just so you don't overwhelm yourself to work with local councillors each city's different instead of the country approach
1: yeah, each city is different. So you're looking at, you're looking at fulfillments. So who are the suppliers there? And they're all different. And you're also, you want to make sure when we go into, when you're, like we say, when we go into the city, there's four p- parts of the waste business. There's domestic, commercial, and within that, there's, we need to make sure that as much of that is privatised as possible so that there is a market there for us. So when we go into the city, you want to get the local knowledge as well and it's just it's better for us to get a city locked down understand it and then move into the next city so right now we're in manchester which is you know got bolton and all these surrounding areas and we're just getting it right there to move on to the next city so yeah that's our approach we're probably following other models from on-demand companies
0: you're big on sustainability you and your company page have posted a better quite recently if everyone out there could do one thing to help or improve or move things forward in that area what would you suggest that be?
1: A lot of, I think we've all got that thing we need to get rid of an old table or an old chair, and um, like where where a lot of our customers are asking for this, and we're, and we're trying to get the infrastructure in place that people can upcycle their furniture. And it would be lovely if we could, and we are tying in at the minute with upcyclers and making sure that one person's junk is actually another person would love what they're thrown out, and it's so really yeah. just connect those people, like because there's a market. Like we know ourselves, there's people always you know, looking for old furniture. And we try and connect charities as much as possible. And and then there's upcyclers looking for us. And then there's customers also that are willing to prepare, they're prepared to pay a premium. Some customers just to make sure that their furniture isn't, isn't brought back to the yard and, and broken down to be recycled. Like they'd rather go to another home. So yeah, as we're really trying to understand that space and connect these people, that's where there's a huge opportunity for us. Was. And I think people should be aware everything's so disposable nowadays.
0: It sounds like there's a potential marketplace a website there for someone to take and, and, and run with or to match the two people that you spoke about one person getting rid of a table and another person potentially wanting a table I'm sure yeah. you've come up against you were going to say something you just,
1: no no yeah correct yeah definitely yeah, there is of course yeah
0: I'm, I'm sure there's challenges you've come up against over the last what say let's say 12-18 months can you think of a challenge or objection that you've come up against in the last 12-18 months that you didn't expect to count for and and how did you Tackle it. Uh,
1: COVID was one anyway. <laughs> COVID <laughs> March. I remember in March we just did our we listed in uh, the Nasdaq over in Sweden on the in December. So we're all like we are we on were, we're a bit of a high in January. So it's like you know, it was the first time we were properly funded. Like we we bootstrapped up to that point and bootstrapped like not taking wages for a while. Our team worked really hard. We were super excited last January to you know, executing our strategy because it hard, it's hard to plan when you're a startup and you don't have money. So now we had money and we had a three-year plan and it's let's go in February. We're all ready to go and we had new hires in and next thing COVID happened and I, oh my God, like I, I'll never forget this. It was so scary because it was the uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen within the waste industry, what was going to happen our commercial customers, how impacted were they going to be? So it was really scary because you'd taken on new people as well. Like they'd left jobs to come to you. So look I, it, what we did is we made pretty quick decisions like as a team and and then the wage subsidy scheme came in and that that was very helpful at the time and as it happens the waste industry is very resilient and we were a lot of our commercial customers closed down but what we found was like the people that were at home they they were like at home they're looking for things to do so they started doing loads of junk clearouts diy jobs so what actually happened was we came off we came off the wage subsidy scheme after one or two quarters and we actually started hiring people again. And we did start pivot internally. We started really focusing on, first of all, for the first month, it was just understanding what's going on. And then it was like we, we developed a strategy for COVID as such. And we executed that, I think, pretty well. We actually grew We grew on average 60% last year. Look, it, it, at the start, it was really scary. It was extremely scary, but the team came together. And, and I feel we like what we did learn from that is people are so familiar now with booking online like they want to do sorry, they're so familiar with booking online, they want to book their waste online as well. But they want to just it's what they do. And it's luckily we're we're at the forefront of that in Ireland and um that's where we wanna be that's where we wanna be globally, is that brand your because like we what we say to customers we like protect like, everything. Yeah. Like when people people think of food, they think of justice. What we're trying to do is build a brand, like we're just getting going, but when people have waste, no matter what it is, we can get you collected. Like from a garden shed to um, a bin, like anything you can think of, we can collect. And we just want to build. We want people to be able to associate that with collects. Because people are always going, what about this? And we're like, no, oh, no, yeah, we, we, we'll give you a price on that. We'll outsource if you want to go ahead. So it's, it's everything.
0: Is, is that where the name came from? Collect? Just so that you have people thinking of, oh, they can come collect
1: yeah. whatever it be. Yeah. So like collect, we collect everything waste. Yeah. Like Fair nuts enough.
0: and You studied marketing in UL. I also noticed that you are an avid learner on LinkedIn. You've taken a lot of the courses on LinkedIn, mainly to do with SEO. I'm assuming you also invest in yourself outside of that, whether it's looking to someone for advice or mentorship or listening to podcasts or reading books. So my question is, do you have anyone that you go to for advice or do you consume any podcasts or read any books? yeah
1: i'd have uh, i 'd have lots of people like uh, like personal development I do a lot of, mm. so I actually have been counsel- i go to counseling weekly uh, not because i 'm in crisis just to give me perspective and I find that mm. very helpful and uh, that 's been very good for personal development and then professional development has been again at different times throughout my career, depending on where i 'm at but like recently since we listed it 's been the board i 've got a really good board really strong chairman, and really good execs on the board that have gone through scaling companies before. And I also have a business mentor, and I have a business coach. So I feel like I've got really good support around me. Mm-hmm. And we really want to surround yourselves with. I haven't done this before. <laughs> I'm learning, and I want to minimise as m- the mis- as many mistakes as possible. So I'm always I'm always reaching out to my network, and uh, also even joining the sometimes I was joining the the, uh, the magnets, just like other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. where they're at and looking for advice there. So yeah, I, I think it's we're very lucky that these things are zoom and to get online with people quickly and run stuff by them so yeah i reach out a lot
0: yeah it, it, it can be easy with all these things you've mentioned and on top of that social media it can be so difficult or easy to get distracted are there any tips or tricks that you've developed or discovered over time that kind of keep you focused so that you stay productive in a busy day
1: Yeah, like I keep everything. Like I do loads of meetings, but really short. There's not meetings. I've got eight direct reports. Well, seven direct reports. And then I have another report outside the business. And I keep all my meetings 15, 20 minutes. So we'd have, I just try and move. I move pretty quick during the day. And I make decisions really quick. So in the morning, I'll say, this is what we're doing now this is this this is we're definitely going to do this but I could change in the afternoon and go that was rubbish (laughs) scratch that like but like I just try and do things I try and uh, do things we try things out and then we scratch them really quickly and I try and fit in I don't really like long meetings but there are people that's not to say that's my preference there's people in my team that like long meetings and I let them have their long meetings but I just jump in I'll only stay 15-20 minutes
0: I won't keep you too much longer I've only got two questions Uh, question number one is I want you to imagine it's the end of the decade so it's 2030 and you're looking back on the last decade that we've just experienced what would you like to be looking back on either personally or professionally or a combination of both?
1: Yeah so professionally I'd like to do I'd like to do a good job for our customers and investors and teams so scale the company collect be the biggest brand globally as a platform for waste collection that we can outsource and have done that while maintaining excellent customer service and personally yeah personally I just want to be like I just, I'm pretty happy in my life and I'm pretty happy with my, what I have and I just that's I'm pretty ha- I'm just pretty content in my life so I just want to stay where I'm at i be there for my I have two kids and my wife and try and try and be the best husband and father I can be like and I think that's that's it like I'm I'm quite happy in and, and, and still living in Tremor <laughs> I love Tremor so.
0: Final question Your imagine you're a kid two kids your wife and any animals you own are safe, but your house or apartment or wherever you live is burning down and you could only save one item, what one item would that be? This is probably the usual answer, but my phone, it's got everything on it all. My, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 95% I I of people out. have chosen their phone or their laptop. Very <laughs> few people think of anything else. Is there, is there anything else? What else could there, could there be? Someone There's said no a coffee machine. House. Someone did say a coffee machine before. Someone said a family album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, m- most people just say laptop or phone. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah same as
0: fair enough look thank you very much for the last 30 minutes it's been a pleasure chatting to you i'm sure we'll connect again on future magnet calls but for the audience today if they want to learn more about you i'll link to your linkedin below and the two businesses that you own as well that's big bin and collect john it's been a pleasure chatting to you, Metro, I don't trust you, I'm you. beautiful morning yeah,